It's time! Fight fans and degenerate gamblers, welcome to the Thick Boys Fight Club, where there are only two rules. Rule number one, always talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. Rule number two, talk about Thick Boys Fight Club, even if no one wants to talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. All right. We are back, baby. To the I'm Thick Nick. Boys. <laughs> yep, and I'm Ty. <laughs> and we got the Thick Boys Fight Club. And uh, really quick, we're just going to jump right into this again. Guys, remember, we got that drawing coming up for either a Steepy Myochik or a Daniel Cormier t-shirt. Steepy. 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 <laughs> Look, I've been on DC's nuts since day one. That's my boy right there. And... So what happens is you just got to subscribe and every time, so if you subscribe, we're going to enter you into the raffle. And every time you like and comment, we will additionally enter you into the raffle again, increasing your odds to win. We're going to do the drawing on the 10th, that Monday. And then we're going to, you know, hit up the winner, get their shirt size, find out who they want. And then we're going to priority mail that out so you can wear it on the night for the baddest dude on the fucking planet. And you're going to have your shirt that you love. Yeah, did you um, did you see the hype video they released yesterday? No, I saw someone's hype picture though. It was that oh, one where was Daniel Cormier is all fat at the beach, and then Stipe is wearing like jorts and a fucking American crop top or something. It was oh my fucking, god! It says the two baddest dudes on the planet. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, they they released a little hype video during the the fight yesterday, and it got me pumped up. So I'm uh, super stoked for that one. As always, the UFC does it once again. Yeah, but yeah, guys. Um, let's go over a little news real quick. There was a lot of crazy shit happening yesterday before the fight card. We'll get into that. First off, though, I know Ty wanted to break down some news about Darren Till last night. Oh, yeah. Darren Till um, posted something. I believe it was on Twitter. He talked about uh, banning knee stomps. That, what he means by that is when um, the fighter, generally it's a sidekick. They'll sidekick into the opponent's lead leg and trying to hyperflex their knee backwards. Um, what he's trying to say here is this causes a lot of uh, unnecessary injuries. A lot of times guys will tear their ACL, their PCL, their MCL. They'll just tear something in their knee, and it's a very long recovery period. And given that we know in all sports, the knee is such a huge thing to all athletes. It's like, do we really want to see some of these fighters in their prime shel shelf for like at least six to nine months just recovering from an injury that probably could have been avoided? And really – it's, I get it. it. If you manage to hit it and you tear one of the muscles in your opponent's knees, you're giving yourself such a huge advantage in the fight. Even though we, as the, the viewers, we don't know. Only, the only person who knows that it's actually happened is the person who's receiving it. And it affects their whole fight game. So it's just kind of one of those things. It is a very effective technique, but Darren Till is saying that, you know, for just the longevity of the careers of the fighters that we should ban it. And I'm honestly, I'm with him on this one. So, in your opinion, then, you feel like that is more detrimental than, for say, someone cranking down an arm bar? Yeah, because usually when you hyperflex your elbow, like when you get into an arm bar, I've had it happen to me several times. Okay. It, you can still fight with it, right? You can still go to practice. It is going to be more prone to injury and being hyperflexed again. It's not going to be as strong if you don't rest it. Like yeah. when I did it the first time, I remember I hyperflexed my elbow, went back to jujitsu, I think two weeks later. And it happened a lot faster. Got caught again by another, uh, you know, another guy caught me an arm bar. And I just didn't have that same kind of strength to keep it locked. And I thought, you know, I, 
you know, I got caught. I thought it would be fine and let it, and it just popped again. And it's something that you do have to let recover, but it's not nearly as serious as like, again, you know, like when you, we watch football all the time. When you hear someone tears their ACL, you're like, season's over. Yeah. Guys, sure. I'm not going to see him until next year. It's like, we don't want that to happen to fighters. We're lucky if we get them to fight three times in a year. Now you're talking about like he had one fight, he probably lost. Yeah. And then we got to wait nine months just for him to get cleared to fight again. Yeah. And that's not really what – I don't want to see that. I, I yeah, want to no, see them fight sure. as oft as possible. For sure, for sure. No, I agree too. I'm just saying it's like at the same time I want to try to remember this is fighting and this is the UFC and yeah, bad shit just happens sometimes. Yeah, the only one I would say that it's would be the heel hooks you have to be worried about is those can you know if a guy hangs onto a heel hook for a long period of time. Sorry like about we the saw cat Husamar, there, folks. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Polar is holding on and cranking that because again that can shred multiple muscles in the knee and that would be probably one of the only submissions you really got to worry about holding or cranking on too long. Got it. Got it. All right. Well. Yeah, guys, uh, we got that going for us. You know, last night, man, there was some weird things going on before this fight card started. I don't know what. Some of you was something in the air. Um, you know, I had hit up Ty on Friday. They had uh, added, actually, their plan was to add a, a, was a fifth oh, fight, was or a sixth fifth. fight, I mean, to the yeah. fight card real quick with it was uh, a match with Meshert. And Ed Herman. Yeah. Now, yeah. that one was called off because Meshert actually did test positive for COVID. So, understandably, that's why. So, before the fight card even began to start, we were bumped back down to a five card, which is what we had given you guys picks on Wednesday night. Then, my God, before the fight even starts, uh, the bout between Gillis and Holland had to be called off due to the fact that uh, – I don't know, Gillis is, they think Gillis just had nerves and was, you know, a little too pumped up maybe. Um, walking to the spot where you begin to walk out from, he passes out. Uh, woke back up, doctor said he wanted to fight, but doctors, of course, are like, there is absolutely no way we're letting you fight here. Yeah, could be something more serious. And <clears throat> then later on, um, after poor Calderwood's fight, she passes out in the back and had to be transported to the hospital after her fight. I don't know what was going on with that whole scenario, but we'll break down that one a little bit later for you guys. But yeah, that, so we had a lot of passing out. I don't know if maybe it's a little hot in Vegas. Maybe their air conditioning system's not working too well in the Apex Center. Not too sure what's going on. Or, um, you or know, these weight cutting issues, it could, you know, like cutting, that's what we have to yeah. remember is weight cutting if they've For rehydrated sure. properly. And I call, if that is the case, I would like to say, once again, I called it with saying Calderwood took this fight on short notice, you know, weight cutting issue is going to be there. So, you know, definitely could have played into it. Also guys, I actually am a little disappointed about this. You know, we picked Derek Brunson for the pick and to not give that guy the 50 K bonus. I, I, I'm actually, I can't believe that. Um, that shows me that once again, love Dana White and everything. But my God, when he has favorites, that man has favorites. And <laughs> Derek Brunson is obviously not on the list of the UFC fighters. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they, there was a lot of, lot of hype behind that kid. A lot of hype behind Shabazzian. Obviously, the UFC wanted him to be next. 
Ronda Rousey's boy. It just didn't play out the way the UFC wanted it. You know, it happened. Eric Brunson sometimes. played the heel to a key, man. <laughs> we'll break that one down. I'm just wanting to bring that out in the news. A little bummed about him not getting that bonus, but it is what it is. Um, also, Dana White confirmed that, you know, the cancellation, the canceled bouts will not be receiving their show money as normal either. Um, he said he's going to pay them something, but normally as a fighter jumps on the scale and whatnot, he'll usually always pay them the show money and the fight didn't go on. But to those canceled bouts, he's talking about not even paying them that. What he's going to yeah. pay them, exactly, we're not really sure. I'm sure we'll find out in the following days. Yeah, I don't – like, it's not their fault that their opponent – or even in the case of um, Giles, it's not his fault. Like, he passed out – I hate to say it. It's like you signed them up. They showed up. You got to pay them. It's not, there's very few times I feel like I go against Dana White, but this is one of those things. It's like, you got to pay these guys. Even, you know, um, the gentleman who was fighting Ed Herman, what'd you say his name was? Marshirt or something? Um, Meshert, yeah. Meshert, like he got COVID-19. He came to work. You can't prove that he didn't get it along the way showing up to your event during your process you got to pay all of them. At least you have to pay them their show money or just showing, you know, the money that you would pay. If he lost the fight, you have to pay him at least that all of them. Yeah. In my opinion, for sure. It's like, these guys are training their ass off. They're, they're risking, you know, they're risking their, their health to put on a show and to help you, the UFC make money. And it's not necessarily their fault that these things are happening. Yeah. Like I get it. If the guy didn't make weight and he had to cancel the bout, don't pay that dude. Fuck that guy. These were all medical situations in the other Kevin Holland, for instance, even said he would fight Ed Herman, you know, yeah. the middleweight versus the light heavyweight. It's I saw like, that. you can't say that they weren't willing to work for you. They showed up and were down. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And then real quick guys, we got Mike Perry back in the news again. He just came out real quick. He said he wants to apologize and he promises basically to come back better than ever and in a better place. We'll see what happens, man. Sounds yeah, like he's. I hope um, so. Yeah, I do too. Sounds like he's, you know, he's going to be a dad now. Maybe that will um, turn him around a little bit. Yeah, but he's an exciting. He's idea. an exciting fighter to watch. But oh, one other thing we do oh, have to talk sorry. about was um, the whole refing consequence thing. Real fast, Dana White oh, did come out and said, sorry, uh, guys. Yeah. laid yeah laid down a very firm ruling on you are not allowed to confront any judges, refs, and. You cannot touch them, and if you do, you will no longer work for the UFC or ever be hired by the UFC. And those were some calls to specifically Dan Hardy and also a fighter that pushed, I forget the referee's name, Mike Goddard. Mike Goddard. Yeah, in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. Uh, in about where he was choking the guy out. Mike tried to call it off, and they stood up and had a little confrontation. Yeah, so it wasn't an actual – I mean, I know Dana White turned it into the incident that happened in the UFC, but I guess it, it kind of, this is an incident that started outside the UFC that then when a reporter asked him, transpired what's ha happened in the UFC. Um, we're talking about Hardy and – and um, and Herb. Herb, Herb Dean, Dean, you know. Yeah, and I didn't like that either. I mean, Herb Dean, like he, Herb Dean said, it's so quiet in there, he can hear everything. So the fact that Hardy called out and said, stop the fight, you know, like Herb said, there's only two people that should be able to stop the fight, the corner and the doctor. And, him. and himself. So there are yeah. three people. So, you know, yeah, I like that Dana White said that, honestly. I think, I think it's real. I mean, a, a fighter Look, yeah. shouldn't. 
the judge, I hate to say it, the judges and the refs are basically like, they're like the police. <laughs> you cannot yell at them and tell them what to do at the end of the day. They, they're in charge. They're being paid. And again, they work for the athletic commission of the state. They have the ultimate jurisdiction and ultimate authority on all of these things. So you as a commentator have no, no business telling them what to do. They go through all the training. Whether we agree with what the training is, that's a whole other discussion, but yeah. they exactly. get to make the call. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Without further ado now, I think. Yeah, we'll just jump right into the fights that Let's actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the first fight of the main card that we did was Londo Venata, 11 four, well, now 11 5 and 2. They were fighting in the lightweight division against Bobby Green, now a nice 26 10 and 1. Uh, who was a plus 125 underdog. And I think he actually bounced up to almost 140 by the time of the fight. Nick, yeah. you want to start it off? Uh, sure. I mean, um, you know, guys, we just – I was high up on Lando, <laughs> watching some footage of him. Ty, when we were breaking this one down together, was actually leaning more towards Bobby Green. Um, now we can see why. I mean – we ended it was up, close. Yeah, it was a close fight. We ultimately ended up giving you guys – we wanted to go with Lando. We thought that was the safer pick. But, you know, it just was – poor Lando was getting outstriked. I mean, significant strikes, I think, were almost double two, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, and then the takedowns were just killing that dude. I mean, it was it, it was pretty crazy, you know? What did you kind of – yeah, no, um, look, Lando came out great. He looked good in the first round, dropped Bobby Green. Uh, unfortunately, towards the end of the round, I think he also got rocked. I'm not yeah. sure if he dropped, but he got rocked. So it became a real close fight, but I did give him the first round. Bobby Green came out strong in the second, really took that round. And then by the third, he just really started working Venata. Uh, I think he just, the damage started to accumulate. Bobby Green had a definite speed advantage. His straight punches just pinpoint accuracy, great head movement, and then just proved in my mind just to be more athletic and just quicker than yeah, Venata. Sure. Venata was really just struggling to find him and land his shots. Uh, yeah, it's a it, good job for Bobby Green, man. He really showed that, you know, even at, I believe he's 36 years old or 33 years old, still got it, still in his prime. And uh, I'd like to see him make another climb at the lightweight, you know, towards the top of the division. We'll have to see if that happens. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about all that noise, but you know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna be champ. I'm not saying he's gonna make it a champ, but I'd like to see him move up the rankings, maybe possibly get a fight in the top five one day. You know, before he goes out of his prime, but he's right sure. there right now. He's still got a year or two left in his prime, and so there's still a lot of potential for the guy. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, next up. Jumping in next, yeah, nope. Vincent Luque. And I apologize for the Le Q thing last time, but it's yeah, Vincent Luque. <laughs> Eight or 19, seven and one now coming in as the minus 180 favorite fighting in the welterweight division against Randy Brown, now 12 and four, who was a plus 155. I'm going to apologize just a little bit. Look, I'm not really sorry. This to me was a good pick stylistically. It seemed like the right call. But Luque came in with a great game plan, just chopping away at the legs. He um, managed he managed to just do those calf kicks, really worked him, and it really threw Brown off his game. Like 
Dominic Cruz was saying, the jab was his best weapon. And when he was able to use it, it was working really well. He was really strong in the clinch. He did get a takedown in the second round, but he just took too long to adjust his game plan to, to Luke's, what Luke was doing so well. And that was a really close knee, like a split second later, and that would have been illegal for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we would have been getting paid. I mean, as you guys know, we picked bad, bad Randy Brown. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, man. No, it was a good fight. I knew we were in trouble when those leg kicks started happening. Um, Vincent here, I, I think in the first round, hit him with a leg kick, and it actually dropped Randy Brown. That's when I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I think it was the um, beginning of the second round. You know, he, he came, with that. came in with a super good game plan, obviously, to go for the legs. And, and it made sense. I mean, Randy is a big, tall, got, you know, little chicken legs, honestly, in, in my, after watching the fight. And um, it just it showed. Now, yeah, I thought it was illegal. I jumped up cheering, thinking we had just won by disqualification, <laughs> actually. I was super pumped. Then they're calling it. Vincent, I'm like, what? No, I want to see a replay. They showed the replay, and as we said, it was so close. Um, and, you know, that's a um, learning moment for Randy now because, as they were saying, you know, he should have just dropped to his knees. He shouldn't have reached with his hands. He should have just, he should have just dropped. Dropped he, to he, knee, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vincent would have been able to hold that up. They asked Vincent after the fight, though, if he was purposely holding him up, and he didn't really act like that was his game plan. So, that kind of told me that Vincent too got a little, got, you know, a little lucky there. He didn't really, he knew he was reaching for it, but he just went for it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, he, well, cause he was fighting the hands cause Vincent was kind of going for an arm and guillotine or a yeah. headlock there. And so he was fighting the hands. And what I think actually happened was he must've seen that he was loading the, the leg up, like dropping it back farther to load up that knee and saw it coming and just yeah. tried to drop his head real fast. And it yeah. just wasn't quick enough. Yeah. So, yeah. That was Bombers. He gets KO'd there by Miranda Brown. Um, we'll see if he can come back from that. You know, um, we had based our pick on. We didn't really – Randy said he was going to test the chin. He never really got to get there, you know. Um, he, did, he did hurt no, him. I, he, he did, did hurt, hurt him, him at one point. It did look like he did stun him. I wouldn't say he rocked him, but he definitely stunned him. And it's something, guys, to kind of watch out with uh, Luke sure. here is that – his chin is deteriorating and it's becoming noticeable. It's not, it's not something like he eats shots. He doesn't mind walking into them, but it's going to catch up with him sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That's what I was going to say. I think your, your picking on that is a hundred percent. And I think that's something to watch for. If we get another, you know, little odds where the guy he's fighting is a plus 200 or whatnot. I don't think it's going to be a bad pick to pick against him again. You know, it's going to happen one of these days. He's going to get caught. It has to. 100%. Yeah, just look, just look for people with heavy hands or like elite level striking, and you, you got a shot. If he's if they're the underdog, and you you know you're on the fence about it, take the plus money because like like we just said, Luke's cannot be a long career of just sure. being able to eat these shots. Definitely. The other thing I want to say is like, how effective is that freaking calf kick? It is so ridiculous. Oh. I don't understand why everybody isn't doing it. I it's mean, like, it's like I know. gold. I know. Well, it's like you either have it or you don't. You know. I, I'm just so intrigued to see like what guys are going to truly do to start trying to combat that, you know, that don't, that don't have the ability to do the calf kick, you know, possibly that are getting calf kicked. I mean, not trying to go on a tangent here, but it seems like everyone's giving you the key to beating John Jones here. Yet no one's gone ahead and done it. 
truly effectively. You know what I'm saying? I mean, John Jones got chicken legs. Ain't no yeah, doubt you know about who it. I'd like to see if um, if he rematches Thiago Santos. That would be a good like. Oh yeah, there is a guy with heavy hands, power kicks, and if he decided to do it, he could make it interesting. Maybe Dominic Reyes too, but like those would be the two guys for sure. For yeah, sure. yeah. All, All right, right, guys. Next up. Who- Yep, the co-main event of the evening. The ladies fighting here in the flyweight division. Joanna Calderwood, four, or yeah, fourteen and five now. Who was the minus one fifty favorite, fighting Jennifer Maya now eighteen six and one. Who was a plus one thirty underdog. And Nick and I called it on the dot. Nick, you want to take it away? You know, guys, this is where you made the bacon last <laughs> night. These last two fight cards, yeah. We had went wrong so far before this, but these were the two money makers that you were waiting for, and we found them in this whole pile here. I mean, happens time and time again. You see a fighter get overzealous, steps in because I want to fight. You were in line for a title shot. I mean, got to feel free for Collarwood here. Give her props for stepping in. But, you know, everyone was mad at Brian Ortega when he didn't want to fight because he said he was in line talking about what had just happened to Frankie. We all remember that. But, hey, you know what? I think it's safe to say when you get a title shot, you sit back and wait for that shot. You don't risk yeah. something here. Nick and Ty Media here and T Media, <laughs> who would be your manager, would be like this. You're not taking this fucking yes, fight. You got never, a title ever. fight coming up. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck how I, much money they offer you. Exactly. What TV time? <laughs> And I mean, I think you hit on something earlier and what, and an icon, we, we brought it up and it might have really played into the truth here. You got, you know, this weight cutting thing is just brutal and we see it time and time again. You know, it's just unfortunate. These guys aren't your body. You, you can't step in a week before a fight. It just doesn't seem to make sense. It never seems to work out, honestly, unless you're already in somewhat fight weight now we're never gonna know that for real obviously no fighter would ever release that information where they are weight wise beforehand but i gotta say as we are gamblers on this show if you see that you need to remember that in the back of your mind like this person is going to be dropping x amount of weight in a week time you know what i mean and that's why that was really what influenced me here if i you know to be honest with you guys stepped in she had everything going for and then you got Maya, who was no sleeper, that was no sleeper. You know, I don't know how the odds were like that. Honestly, I think they should have been a little closer. But I loved it. Well, I think she closed at like one forty, I believe, is somewhere around. Yeah, there, she she mistaken. also went up. She also went up for sure. Yeah. So you guys started slamming Calderwood because you thought it was such a great idea. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you guys listened to me, like I was telling you, the one thing, and even. You know, Dominic Cruz, Paul Felder, they were talking about it in the fight. Like I said, I specifically said just Calderwood, but they were saying Muay Thai fighters in general have an issue with minimal head, head movement. movement. They stand yeah. very straight. They stand very forward stanced. And it's what I kind of see too is like they throw a lot of straight punches and people who have good head movement use more hooks, who have more variety in their strikes, with specifically with their hands, tend to give them problems. And it's exactly like what I said. When we watch Calderwood, she seems to have difficulty with good boxers. And that's exactly what Jennifer Meyer was. She was lighting her up on the feet. Now, 
I didn't think she was going to be able to take Maya down, but I did say if it was going to happen, it was going to be from a kick because I didn't see Maya possibly throwing any kicks, but it happened. But that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt came in handy. She wrapped up that armbar picture perfect. And like I told you guys, she was thick, and those thick-ass legs <laughs> did the trick, no doubt about it. She cranked that armbar, no doubt. Yeah. No, and I, you know, when the, when the takedown happened, I kind of freaked out. But, I mean, it became very apparent that Maya was so much better on the ground than her within, like, a good 10 seconds, I would say. I mean, Maya looked comfortable. Yeah, she was using that high guard. That was really nice. Yeah. Trapping the arms. That was no. really good. It's Calderwood thought she was in a good position there for five seconds. And then I think quickly realized that was not where she wanted to be by any means, you know? So it was great. Yeah. Like the arm bar. Loved it. That was a winner right there for you guys. I cashed in on it. Hope you guys did too. Awesome. Yep. Uh, and if I'm just going to say now next to this next fight, if you followed all of our picks, you'd be down about 115 bucks. I think it would have been right now. And this is where you made money on the juice. You rode the underdog, taking Derek Brunson here, who is now a nice 21 and seven fighting in the middleweight division against Edmund Shabizen, 11 and one, who is a minus 315 favorite. And it's just like we said, man. Look, Derek Brunson just had all the tools. Just was able to take, you know, weather the first round, played it smart. He's really, like I said, matured as a fighter, took his time, and then, you know, really brought it to him in that second and third round. And honestly, what I saw in the after the first minute of the second round, Shabazzin was gassing. I could just see it on his face. His mouth was open. He's breathing from his mouth. And he just looked like someone who wasn't all there. The last real – I saw the last ditch effort was after he took that nut shot, took a little extra time recovered for a minute and then he just tried to blitz Brunson really quickly right after that hit a real heavy body shot and then after that he had nothing he had no answers for anything Brunson was doing in my opinion yeah no you um you saw through this one I'm so glad you did you know so much hype behind Shabazzin so much hype you had Ronda Rousey calling out the fight a week beforehand saying, you know, this is the next champ. She's been throwing this kid around since he was 15. I mean, they even had video footage of Ronda fighting him in a warm and like the pre-fight <laughs> workouts, you know, for a, one of her big cards, you know, on the, um, you know, like how they do the open workouts. Yeah. I mean, he was there. They had video footage of it. That's how long he's been in the game, honestly. So he was no stranger to this. Can't, can't take that away from him. Now, yeah, experience over, you know, this kid just took him by surprise. On top of that, as Ty called it, he had never really been tested. I mean, it only took three rounds to get this one done. I don't think he would have been able to go five rounds, honestly. I think a doctor finally would have stopped it eventually, <laughs> honestly. I mean, this poor kid at the end of round two did not look like he wanted to continue on. Dana White yeah. actually even called the doctor out after the fight in his post-conference saying that was an inexperienced doctor. I mean, this poor kid had his team not trying to call him off. I mean, you had Herb Dean even calling the doctor in before the start of the round to ask him again if he truly wants to continue on because we could all see it on his face. He was getting worked. He knew it. I'm sure he really didn't want to continue on, but he also didn't want to be a bitch. So, you know, it's a hard thing. 
I wouldn't have called him a bitch if he would have stopped, honestly. He was getting worked at that moment. Derek was all over him, hanging on him. I mean, getting him tired, and it fell right into Brunson's game plan, obviously. And it was a beautiful win. Yeah. Guys, you just got to – look, I get it. Edmund has a lot of potential. He could be somebody. But when we see these things where you're watching a young, up-and-coming guy taking on a, you know, a proven veteran – and you just got to look at those odds, really take it in because especially when they, these kids have all these first round finishes, if you think this guy can drag him into the later rounds, those are usually good bets to make. It's like, and also Edmund, the only guy he'd beaten was Brad Tavares was the only name. And like, when was the last time you guys said, damn, Brad Tavares is one of the best in the business. Exactly. Exactly. Can't remember. I don't Can't even remember. think I ever said about it. I don't think so either. <laughs> and he's from Hawaii, and we and like we the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, yeah. hey, we're just happy we made you some money. Hopefully, you, you know, you took the picks that we picked. And yeah, it was a fun card to watch. Yeah, it was a great card to watch, guys. You know, it was a short one, obviously, with only four fights. You know, this was one of those um, odd ones, though, where should have just picked every underdog you would have hit you know it doesn't happen like that every day obviously or we'd all be rich people but you know it is what it was we love the fights glad we could be there for you guys picking the seeing through the fog to give you the true pick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the ufc likes to put on us we're um we're ready though we're we're locked clocked ready for next week once again we'll be back with you guys on wednesday we got lewis Where's Olenek? Can't wait for that one, too. Yep. Omari Akhmedov versus yep. Chris Weidman, the yep. GOAT killer. <laughs> yep. No, we got, some, we got some names again back on this card that everyone's a little more familiar with. So I think this next one, should, you know, we'll have a little bit more hype behind it. And then especially the fact that then that will be the final Saturday before the real deal. But we'll yep. talk about so that remember, a little later. Like yeah, and comment, remember. guys. Get that shirt so you can wear it at your UFC party, you know? it's Look, this is going to be Daniel Cormier's last fight of his career before he rides off in the sunset. And we're going to find out if he rides off as the baddest dude on the planet or just an old man. Or just, <laughs> honestly, no matter what, he's a, he was the baddest. He was one of the baddest dudes on the planet. He can't take that away from him. Oh, yeah. So I don't think it's a lose-lose situation for him, but it will be a personal loss for him. Hopefully we'll see him cry again. That would be great to see that his last moments in the UFC. I hope that happens. I think he'll cry either way, bro. <laughs> I think he's going to cry either yeah, way. If he wins, way. he cries. He'll be so happy. He loses, he'll cry. But, yeah, very look, well I, I'm just real happy that, you know, this Olympian came in the sport. He's really contributed so much, a lot more than a lot of other fighters have. And the fact oh, that, you know, he's this amazing sure. commentator on top of it. But of enough is enough about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So as we said, like, comment, subscribe if you want to be entered in for a free T-shirt. We'll be announcing the winner soon, obviously, as, you know, we're getting weeks away. We only got like, I think, seven or what? When do you say you're announcing? On the 10th? The Is 10th. Day, right? So, so you got, got about eight, eight days. days. You got eight days left to get in on this. Please, please, please subscribe. That's what we I need. I think that's just, you're going to get, including this show, you got three more chances to enter in. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Peace, Peace. out. We'll be back Wednesday.